Hey everyone, and welcome to our 16th ever episode of the Lagging Behind podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Griggy, and I am joined by Salazo, and Laura is back. What an intro Not for long. Laura. Not for long. <laughs> oh, this is the best. This is the best intro to the podcast ever. This isn't, you know what? This is not getting edited out. All oh of this is training. Oh my okay. god. She's all so, right, folks. So hi, hi, Salazo. Hi, Laura. Hi. <laughs> Sorry, how? I, 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 oh I don't God. know if I, how are you? Um, fine, there's a slight tickle in the back of my throat. <laughs> a slight tickle? Oh, dear. Sounded like Mr. Tickle. Hi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm okay. Well, that's good, Slazo. No, no coffin episodes from you to come? I, no, not that I'm aware of. But I'll, aware be sh- of. I'll be sure to let you know if I'm about just, to have one. Just pure podcasting fun. Yes. On this podcast, by the way, not another podcast, just throwing that one out there. Because this is the Lag and Mahai podcast coming to you every other Tuesday at 9am on Anchor.fm, iTunes and Spotify. And I believe that's everywhere. Yes, it is. Please subscribe, drop us some nice reviews and be nice about us. You can find us on Twitter at Behind Lagging, where you can chat to us all about the gaming universe. And that's all I've got. So let's start with what we've been playing which is what we normally do. Um, Laura, do you want to take us away first, since you missed oh last, um, the last episode? Oh, my God, it's always normally Slazo's top of my list. Um, <laughs> oh, thanks, Laura. So I have been... <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm risking death to be here based on my cough, so... Um, we appreciate your service. You're welcome. What have I been playing? Um, let's start with the most obvious, basic, predictable answer that you'll ever get out of me on this podcast and this segment. Sonic. FIFA 21. Oh. Nice. I've been playing FIFA 21. There's a skill game I can't complete and it's bugging me. So if anyone knows how to do the final dribbling game and has any <laughs> tips or pointers, I would like them in my direction because I've aced all the others and it's really bugging me. Squiggy's probably like, what? What are skill games? I don't do skill games. I don't need to do the skill games. I've got I the skill. Enjoy- I enjoy the skill games when I just taking a break from playing a few games because that's the one thing i say i play a few games online i get a bit mad because we've discussed this before it's very frustrating playing online not necessarily because i'm bad i think when i was really bad at the game i could take the losses it's the games where i dominate get counter-attacked and lose three nil and i'm like i've hit the crossbar four times at this point and i've been all over you you're literally a terrible player. Like, even when they go forward, I'm like, oh, my defending's on point. I'm stopping them. But then it's like they counterattack me when it's, like, pushing forward. And it's like, how? And then they've got some, somehow in our ultimate team, they already have Renato, Griezmann, and Bale. And you're like, why? How? Why? So what you're telling me is that FIFA is a game where skill doesn't matter and it's all luck. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to say no, but at this point, I'm just a bit, like, jaded and bitter. Because even when I play, if I play well, I lose. If I play badly, I win. So I'm at this point starting to think, I'm just going to play with my hand tied behind my back. And I'll probably win, like, eight games in a row. Because I'll be all over the place and not, I oh, just, yeah. So FIFA's been frustrating me. I'm not started the vault, is it Volta, isn't it? That's how you say it. Street football. Yeah, that yeah. mode. I, I thought about giving it another go, but then I thought... No, I can't be bothered, and I'll wait. I might try it on PS5 just to be like, look at the shiny mode I haven't played before on this shiny new console that has arrived. But 
yeah, FIFA, for some reason, I am trying to get into Ultimate Team. And with a lot of time on our hands, for obvious, on my hands anyway, for obvious reasons due to current climates and situations, I am actually built a nice Ultimate Team that I actually like with some Team of the Week cards and just general. Ooh, fancy. I know it's fancy. It's not overly. I mean, I basically just paid a lot of money to buy Ben <laughs> Chilwell on the Buy It Now market. And by money, I mean in game money because I'm not a, you know. You're not one of those super fans. <laughs> We're not trying to know. I don't know if we're going to call them super fans as much as we want to call them waste super fans. people who waste money. Sure. Okay, we'll call them super fans. I feel like you've spent money. Wales. Yes. But, um, so yes, I've done some FIFA 21. Uh, mixing it up, I also try, I've been playing some Doom Eternal. That is the sequel to Doom, I think. If I've messed up the name, I'm so sorry to do. You're, you're right. The new Doom game. Yeah. Newish I just Doom game the, name, the name doesn't roll off the tongue. I don't know what it is. I just, I know it's called Doom Eternal, but it just feels wrong. But the game feels right. I mean, I don't really know what to say about my experience playing Doom other than I enjoy the up-close combat where you do sort of the animations and they're, like, different and stuff. You know, stabbing someone with your whatever that's in your hand. Or, oh, that sounds a bit sick. Have you, have you considered reviewing, Laura? Oh, I know. Have I? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. It's just, do, do maternal, it's very hard, because I can't even decide if I like it. That's the problem, because it's just more the same old Doom fun, and you, if you played the, did you, any of you played the remake, well, not the remake, but the Doom modern one? 2016. I, yeah. uh, I tried the demo of it, so I've dabbled in it. Yeah. Well, you know, like, when you just feel like sometimes if you, it's one of those games you can play without really thinking much, that sounds really, like... Sort of like the story isn't going to be... It's kind of how I feel about Halo. I know they're talking. I know they're trying to have some sort of story direction. But at the end of the day, I just want to shoot things. Considering all the talk I've heard of Doom Eternal is how you have to be strategic with the combat and kind of figure out which enemies are priorities and all that. No, it doesn't sound like a switch-off game. (laughs) No, I mean in the terms of the story. I don't mean in terms of... Oh, okay. Right. When when there's loads of enemies around Slayer, I am like, that enemy's big-ass big. I'm going to... The floating eyes going first. No, no, they're fair in its eye. I, I am I, thinking. I, I am thinking that, but I mean, that's more like I'm in the game. I'm in the zone. I'm just killing anything that moves. But more in the sense that it's kind of one of those games, killing anything that moves. I find that I find that quite relaxing. Is not the phrase I want to go with. But you're just <laughs> button smashing. You're just killing things. You're like, yeah, this is fun. And then they start talking and like, go here, go there, and, like, meh, meh, meh. and I'm like, yeah, just whatever. I just want to kill shit. And yeah, so that's Doom. Eternal, have I played anything else? This is the big question. Sonic. I, I did a little bit of Sonic. I hate Sonic, and I'm glad <laughs> I wasn't here to say how bad I am at Sonic. I did try again on Sonic, but you know what we learned about Laura and Sonic? They're not friends. And to be honest, I feel like the Sonic game should be easy for me, because I was a moron who bought Sonic the Hedgehog's 2006 on launch day for full price for the Xbox oh. 360. So, karma-wise, oh. I feel I'm owed because them loading screens, I could have gone and got a bus and got back and the game still would be loading. That's how bad that bloody game was. And I wonder I what that'll be like on the Xbox One series. You the Xbox series. God. If it's now playable, because them, them loading <laughs> screens were the worst. Honestly, if you said name the worst loading screens, I'd name you that game. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I, just, I, ha- I played a little bit more 2D Sonic. Uh, I feel like I don't want to go into the fact that I still suck. Um, you don't need to go into it, Laura. We covered that in episode 15. For excellent. Like excellent. I can imagine. Um, yeah, I don't think I've played anything else. I feel like I've just been trying to put all my time into FIFA. Um, I probably should be... I, I'm gonna, this is going to be a preview for future what we've been playing, but I kind of... 
feel like I should probably try and round out some of the last games on my PS4. So to start with a clean slate, which would be me playing Lego games because I have two outstanding Lego games to play. But, um, yeah, that's where we're at. That's how we're going. And that is Imagine all I've any- been playing. Imagine yeah. having the PlayStation back all there's only two games. I know. Wow. That, is my, that would be a life goal of mine. I was going to say, hot time. <laughs> I think I had a backlog of more than I'm two sorry, games after that's... a week of the PlayStation 4 launching. I, I, I was going to say, I feel like I've got two games for the PS4 that I've never opened, but like two's probably underselling it. Yeah. So, yeah, um... just, just two this month. <laughs> yeah, wow. all I've been playing is, is FIFA as well, and I agree with everything Laura said. Although, although I have found that back in like the old days of FIFA, a lot of people rely on pace, and I don't rely on pace when I play FIFA, but I seem to win games. And I don't know how, because all the other teams have got all the pace up front, and I don't. Well, I do, I do, but I don't utilize it by running in a straight line with them, if you know what I mean. Laura knows what I mean. I do know what you mean. I kind of like try and work little passing triangles and stuff like that, so I kind of play the game as if it is a footballing game, a football match, and I seem to do a lot better than, well... I don't think I've conceded. Uh, I don't think I've scored less than five goals in the last ten games that I've played. Whether I've conceded five or more goals in those games is another matter. But I've scored five <laughs> or more goals. That's the important point here. I did I win a game. Know. I did win a game seven six, and I scored in the ninety third minute to win seven six. And I have never celebrated as much in my life. And it's just a game. Anyway, so there's a. What have you been playing? Wow. Top of that. I feel. Huh. Uh, I have. <laughs> I feel yeah, so disappointed what... in these people. I the feeling's mutual. But uh <laughs> yeah, so I have been I've continuing on with the Crown Tundra in Pokemon, blasting through a whole bunch of Dynamax adventures as I try and get whichever Ultra Beast it is that unlocks um that completes the clue I'm working on. I don't think it's the one I said in the last episode, I think it's the other one. But I'm not I can't remember them. I don't remember all the names of the Ultra Beasts from Gen Seven, so yeah. So yeah, just kind of working for those, and I'm I'm playing it solo rather than online because it's much faster to do it uh, if you do it solo. But uh, you have to put up with the AI, who sometimes comes up with genius strategies, and sometimes will use the same status raising effect move like five times in a row. And I'm screaming at it because it's the one that's got the super effective move to just kill it, kill the opponent. I just, I want my legendary. I don't give a shit if my speed's gone up by two notches. I just want to win the fight. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, getting getting mad at the AI at times. But sometimes it comes up with great strategies and all that. So, uh, still having fun there. Still more to do in the Crown Tundra after that as well. So, uh, enjoying that. Uh, otherwise, mainly just playing Among Us. Uh, did some of that over the weekend, playing with a, a bunch of friends and... Uh, it's it's still a good time. I still enjoy really enjoy playing it. It's like a nice relaxing weekend game with some friends. I do feel bad because we had a new player in there for the first time, and they almost always got slit very early on, to the point where we're like, guys, stop stop killing them. This is we want to let them play the game and get them into it. Please stop slaughtering them mercilessly. So uh, yeah, yeah, good times though. Uh, Among Us is is always good fun, and if you've got the friends to play it, I definitely would recommend checking it out. That's about it. Yeah, and I've got nothing else to add apart from FIFA because I've literally not been playing much. Um, so we'll move straight to on this day. So if you are listening to this podcast on the day it is live, it is the 24th of November. Happy 24th of November. If you're listening to this the day after, happy 25th of November, and I am not going to go any further than that. So 
Okay, happy 26th of November. Yay! So on this day, 24th of November, Rayman Origins came out on the PlayStation 3, I believe it was. I cannot remember anything about it, apart from it was a Rayman game. What? You didn't I'm play Rayman you, Origins? I'm assuming you played it. It Plays was my game it. of the year that yeah. year. So, I, yeah, oh, Rayman wow. Origins. My memories of Rayman Origins is playing it a little bit, not really being overly in love with it. I think it's a good game, but it's just one of those not in love and then being told by Slazo that it's the greatest thing since Lice Pride and I'm trash for not liking it more. Don't think he used the word trash because he's a very nice man. I don't know, that sounds like something I'd say. It does. Uh, I was trying to protect your reputation. but I'm, I'm on it. another podcast with trash in the title. Trash sounds like a word Touché. I'd say. I think you called me trash. <laughs> yeah, uh, trash, it's... Trash Laura podcast. I no. no, Crush Manga Friends available now, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really fun game. I I'm not the biggest 2D platformer guy. Like I don't really like the new Super Mario Brothers series, but Rayman, I really kind of enjoyed Rayman Origins. I found it like the perfect level of challenge. So you could blast through levels if you wanted to, or you could go for all the collectibles, which kind of pushed your abilities to the limit. There were lots of fun like little chase levels where you had to get. I think they were like ruby encrusted teeth which would open up the secret final level and yeah yeah it's just a really fun 2d platformer that has a heck of a lot of content in it you think you've beaten the game and then it's like no you're halfway you're like whoa so yeah i i really enjoy it it's it doesn't it's not like a massive complex set of complex mechanics or anything the enemies are pretty much the same throughout so once you've played one world you've played most of them and it doesn't like, I know a lot of people point to Rayman Legends as being better because it has like the musical levels that people love, but uh, I, I prefer the original. I think Origins is just a, je- a brilliant 2D platformer and was a great rebirth for Rayman in many ways after it kind of just become a Rabbids tie in more than anything. God, so, I love uh, the Rabbids. Rabbids are great, but I'm glad mm. they kind of split the two off and yeah, Rayman 100%. Going Rab- Rayman couldn't handle being in the Rabbids' shadow. I get you. Sure. But uh, yeah, Rayman Origins definitely, definitely worth checking out. And uh, I mean, these days it's probably like tuppence if you want to give it a try. So, can I say something about Rayman Origins, which is based on what you just said? You know how you say like it was a nice reimagining, you know, new life and a little bit of a Rayman series after it needed it. Sure. That new life didn't really last long. I mean, it. They were, but both Origins and Legends did very well critically, but they admittedly didn't set the set world on fire because. Nobody really buys 2D platformers at retail anymore. Apart I get from that. Mario. So, it's just uh, when you said it, I was like, it, well, I remember it being like a buzz for, you know, after a little bit of a, not a lull in the Raymond series, but like we, you mentioned, the Rabbids overtaking it. And then I was thinking, you know what? I don't really, even now I feel like a Raymond franchise needs a shot in the arm again. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. I mean, in fairness, after Legends, yeah. I don't think there's been, I could be wrong, but to my knowledge, there hasn't been another main Rayman game since Legends. That's fair. No, you just, yeah, you just look at other franchises that had a shot in the arms in recent years. I'm not, I say years, but we'll go nice wide. It's like Tomb Raider, you know what I mean? Like it feels like that's still benefiting from its shot in the arm. And when they do another one, it'd be like, where are we? Same buzz from the reading that. And I was thinking, what else had a shot in the arm? Crash Bandicoot's had a shot in the arm. I don't know if that's going to last. He seemed to be everywhere for a bit. Sponsoring probably, the EFL Cup based games. On, based on sales of the fourth one but yeah but it... oh did it not do well i don't think it sold as well as what people were hoping oh, dear. that's that's disappointing to be fair, but you've yeah, got to be you careful see... with sales expectations anyway i still love the whole avengers was a flop it only sold three million 
Like, like, I get appreciate it's Avengers, but yeah. still, three million is not. Anyway, in the dev saying, I wish my game would sell three million. I was gonna say, fuck me, if I ever make a game that sells three million, I'm fucking made it. Yeah. Yeah, I see. I see the points there, but um, yeah, I just picking up on the comment like it was a new shot in the arm, and I'm like, probably needs another one, Raymond. Sure, booster shot. Nice little booster shot. That's fair. Yeah. So moving on from Rayman, the next game was Gran Turismo Five, which was released on the PlayStation Three in 2010. Yes. So the only well, it's Gran Turismo. It's the fifth one. It's the second best-selling PlayStation Three game, the best-selling PlayStation Three exclusive. And what? also the second best-selling game in the series. I'm what? sorry, what? So, okay, I can, I know what number one will be, but what? I, what? I, I, yeah, I know, I know. I don't okay. understand it either, but let's just go with it. It's true. Let's just go with it. I, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. Christ, no. I'm just, but I, I don't know I think, um, anyone who's played it. Yeah, I, I don't know anyone who's played it either. Unless, I, I don't know. If I feel including... everyone got tired of it, like, around the PS2 generation when it's very pretty. But it's the same game, yeah, over and over. Yeah, because this one I was reading about, I thought that's actually quite interesting. Because again, like, I mean, I've played so back in the day before the PS3 launched over here, because it launched everywhere else early. I think it was, and Europe was the last place to get it. Sounds about and, right. Yeah, and basically they had a PlayStation 3 console in a museum in London, where they had a gaming exhibition, and I just happened to go to London for this gaming exp- um thing. And you could play either the Wii or the PlayStation, but I already had a Wii because the Wii was out at that point. So I went to play on the PlayStation. It was a demo of Gran Turismo 5. And to be honest, it was pretty boring. It kind of put me off buying a PS3 until I got launch day hype and bought one. But that's not the point. I mean, that's you. I mean, you get launch day hype when there's no games. See, it? Yeah. Oh, it's a new day. I'm so hyped. What can I buy? Yeah. But yeah, but even then, I thought, well, it's the fifth one. I'm bored of it, and I do like racing games, so I don't know how it sold that many. But interestingly as well, it also um, had a GT Academy competition, yes. and people who won that became actual like drivers. Got to, got to actually take lessons in. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if anyone's actually made it to... Well, they're still doing it. I don't know how successful it is, but they're still doing it now, because the PS4 one has the whole, if you do well enough at GT Sport or Concept or whatever it's called these days, they'll take you onto an actual track and see how yeah. good you are. Just looking at some of the names that have come through, and I don't think there's many. I don't think there's many people who are like driving in F1, but I think there's a couple driving in NASCAR, which is pretty impressive, to be fair. Um, I mean, it is. It sells itself for what it is, which is that it is phenomenally realistic, and that yeah. if you get good at it, you could feasibly make the jump. Yeah. I, I've never played a Gran Turismo. I know we're lagging behind. What? I've never bothered to play one. They what? always look a bit dull. I mean, sure, but how have you not played? To be, to be fair, I've only played the demo of Gran Turismo 5. That's all I've What? Played. But that was enough yeah. for me. You've never owned them. No, so Gran Turismo 5 had the... I think it was like a 20 quid... Not a demo, but a 20 quid like... Oh, you had like the like, prototype version yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah, like the Ground Zero to Metal Gear Solid 5 kind of thing. And yeah. I, paid, I bought that and... Oh, okay, you've played a Gran Turismo then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry, yeah. But okay. that's all I've played. Like, I've not played they do one of those like for every gen, I think. Yeah. So you've played it. Or- I was late to the PS3, so I and I was already like, I don't want to try that boring racing game. But it, um, but it's been on PS1 and PS2, or did you yeah, not play it in was, those days? I was, it just, I don't know. I just played other stuff. I mean, PS1, I was all about that Spyro life. PS2, I, I was like, all about that Time Splitters life. It's like one of those games where if you're not really into racing, you probably you're not interested I in like it. And... No, but, but like, 
yeah, it amuses me more. I've played a lot of racing games, and yet for some reason, eh. Yeah, I mean, I think I've pretty much played every racing game, like including Gran Turismo. I've not, I've only owned like the demo of Gran Turismo, if you know what I mean, where I've, I've yeah. owned like Sega Rally, um, World Rally Championship, Dirt 2 or something like that, Need for mm. Speed, Burnout, all of them. But Gran Turismo is the only one that I don't really care about. But I think it's because it's too serious and I just want to that's, go that's fast entirely, and boom, yeah. boom, You say it's too serious and then we both play F1. See, I like... F- but The F1 game isn't as serious as Gran Turismo. Yeah, but the serious part of F1 is stuff that I like enjoy because I enjoy watching F1. A bit like if FIFA became really serious, I like Football Manager kind of thing i think that's a little bit different but also, anyway i do i do now understand why when they were announcing ps5 and all that or like in those early days they were like and we're doing gran turismo because in my head i was like this franchise has had its day but apparently no i'm wrong it still sets sales alight so what do oh I yeah know? i think it's i think it's i don't know if it's really popular in america or in japan but i don't feel like it's popular here but correct me if i'm wrong at behind lagging but um yeah moving on to the last game on my list anyway is dynasty warriors 2 which was released on the PlayStation 2 in Europe on this day in 2000. Um, I think this is the first Dynasty Warriors one I played. I don't remember playing the first one. I think number two and three were the two main ones that I played. I don't know if anyone else has played it. I'm going to assume no. I have. Go on. No, no, I was going to say assume no, but I was like, now you were like, oh, I've done it. No, no. I've I've never played an actual Dynasty Warriors game, but I've played like, the Muso spin-offs. So I've played Hyrule Warriors. I've played Dragon Quest Warriors. I've played a yeah. Kamen Rider Muso. <laughs> Just never the actual main series. Yeah, it's, I remember playing. I think what happened is I had three and my friend had two. So I played three first and then went back to playing two. And I was like, oh, this is missing. This isn't here. So it was like Dynasty Warriors 2 was kind of like the in-betweeny game, I think. Yeah. Like it wasn't it wasn't the full Dynasty Warriors three experience, but it was bigger than the original Dynasty Warriors. But um, again, obviously, that is time numbers and sequels. No, work. no, I mean like <laughs> it tried like Dynasty Warriors three kind of fixed and expanded on the stuff that was in two because they couldn't fit it into two. It's not that the they didn't want to put it in; they just couldn't physically put it in. I think that gets it's me is Dynasty Warriors has like a whole huge cast of characters and stories, and I know people get like ignoring the most recent one that fell apart people get really into those and i was like damn there's there's a lot of lore to this considering yeah. in most you... games it's just kill everything yeah sure you slash, slash, slash. you'd love it though if you love if you love that I, honestly, doing. I know it's one of those game series where i've been like oh yeah i'll probably love that but it's also a case of by the time i thought about considering it and had disposable income it was the shit ones in the franchise with people saying it's the way don't, don't, don't worry. One, there'll be a Gears Muso one day. That'll, that'll be your time. <laughs> Laura be all over that. Or a Saints Row one. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Oh my that. god. Mowing down millions of people with a dildo gun. <laughs> I am there. <laughs> but that is all the games I've got on my list. It's it's weird, like, sort of this time of year because you're getting into the build up to Christmas. A lot of games release sort of early November, end of October. So there's not really loads of games. Um, so that's. Obviously explains why there's only three on this list. And what we'll do now is move on to Revisitation Station. And I'm going to revisit a game from 2014, so it's not it's not too old, but it's a game that I really enjoyed when I played it, and it's just something that I keep meaning to go back and play. So I have it on... I had it on PlayStation 4, which is where I played it. And then I think I bought it in the Steam sales on PC, obviously, because you buy everything in the Steam sales. 
I never went back to it, but I keep meaning to play it. And that game is Alien Isolation. So I'm going to start this off by saying I hate survival horror games. I get scared at the slightest of anything. So the fact that I've played this game is probably kind of a testament to how much I enjoyed it. Or the fact that I was just scared so like much I couldn't turn it off. Either one. Masochist, got it. Yeah. But no, it's, it's one of those games where obviously it was released quite early on in the, the PlayStation 4 life cycle, but I think it pushed a lot of what games could do then with like the sound and the lighting to create the atmosphere for a game. It's probably one of the only games where I've like, well, horror. I don't play horror games, but it's one of the games where I've stuck headphones on to get more involved in it. And especially when it's a horror game, it's not something that I would do. And it just made it a lot more, sort of a lot more immersive in a good or a bad way. I'm not really too sure in this horror game. But um, but obviously I finished it. I think I played it like a week straight and just finished it. Um, so proved how much I liked it. The What they did is during the development is the kind of, the alien was developed separately. The AI of the alien was developed separately from the core of the game. So the, the alien sort of acted as a separate party, if that makes sense. So you never really knew when he was going to turn up. He wasn't sort of on, like say the guards in Metal Gear Solid, they all patrol the same the same routes and everything the alien could appear at any point and you could you could encounter the alien when you were in a tunnel um like in the the air vents and everything i never did thankfully but i've seen videos of people crawling in the tunnel and just coming face to face with the alien and i probably would have screamed i'm not gonna lie but it was one of them where you kind of you make some noise and you can hear the alien and then you know the alien's in the vicinity of the area and you spend a lot of time using a heartbeat sensor to find where he is and try to avoid him. And you can use loads of different things to do it. So you can sort of um, maybe throw, not rocks, but maybe throw like a grenade or an explosive to set an explosive off on the other side of the um, the room that you're in. And he'll run over there, obviously, to investigate. And then you just sort of run away behind him. But what was quite clever about this is that the alien sort of grew to learn what you were going to do. So if you kept doing that, say, 30, 40 times over, the alien would learn from it and know that you were trying to distract them. So you had to think of something else to do. And I thought for a game like 2014, early life cycle of the PlayStation, I thought that was really impressive. But it also meant that I spent a lot of time hiding in lockers, waiting for the alien to go. And that was probably, I'm going to say a little bit frustrating because you think you've escaped the alien and suddenly he just comes back because obviously he acts of his own accord. He's not scripted in the game. <laughs> Sorry, so you he... made it sound like wrestling then. That's what made me, he acts of his own accord. He's not scripted, damn it. Sorry. It so, like, you oh. spend all this time maybe, like, distracting them to, like, get away or get to a point of this location that you want to be at, and then you hear them go shoot into the vent to get away, then you suddenly hear them drop back down again, and you're like, for God's sake, I've just got rid of you. So then you hide back in the locker and wait for them and everything. And to be honest, hiding in the locker is one of the nerve, most nerve-wracking experiences ever because you can see the alien patrolling outside, and you can sort of, you can push to the front of the locker so you can see a bit clearer, but then the alien might be able to spot you. Or you hide right in the back of the locker, like lean right back up against the the back of the locker wall, and the alien might just miss you, but then you don't know if he's there or not. So you sort of relies on the sound and everything. Um, but yeah, it's 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 probably one of my favorite games of the generation, which just missed out on the the top four that we did a couple of episodes ago. I really enjoyed it. Um, maybe the story drags a little bit. I think sort of the final third it drags a lot when you when the alien doesn't become the main enemy it becomes like to all the android robots on the spaceship and it just kind of gets a little bit frustrating at that point but the first like two-thirds of the game are incredible and the last third kind of kind of sours the experience a little bit but it's still really good and then also if you don't like the survival horror part 
when you unlock the flamethrower, you can just rain hell down on that alien. The alien is scared of the flamethrower. So if you hear him coming towards you, just charge at him with the flamethrower and he's gone. And I mean, you would be someone coming at you with flames. The alien's got relatable content. Yeah. And yeah, it's relatable, yeah, because if someone came running to me with a flamethrower, I'd be off as well. But no, it's it's kind of one of those that... Yeah, it's just the way you said it. Like, oh, he's scared of... Scared of a flamethrower. What a pussy. I know. He's alien there. Back back in those days, they had no things as flamethrowers. But no, it's it's a really it's a really enjoyable game. It's something that I do recommend everyone everyone plays, even if you don't like survival horror games, because it's just it's just it's fun. It's scary, but it's fun and it makes a, it makes good use of like audio and like light and effects and everything. And it's just it's just a really good game. I don't think I've got anything really else to add to that. Obviously, I know you used to haven't played it. Is, Never played. Were it. you ever interested in it or? I'm not going to lie, what I've discovered while you were talking there is in my head, I was like, I know two things about Alien. One of there's a Alien Isolation is highly regarded. Also, Alien was panned at launch. And then I looked it up and went, oh no, I've got it wrong. That was a different Alien game. Whoops. That was Colonial Marines, wasn't it? That was it? Colonial Marines. Yeah. That's the one oh, that got panned. That panned? That got like kicked, stamped on it. I don't know. Pan's, be, pan's being kind, yeah. Really? The point is, I feel because they were like literally about a year apart and obviously both based off Alien, a franchise that I have never watched any of the films of, never played any of the games of. So to me, it's all just blurred into one alien mess where I'm like, I know that one pretty well regarded, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's certainly something interesting. Like, it reminds me a bit of like. I mean, I'm, I can see why you like it because it seems a very kind of stealthy horror game. So yeah. your Metal Gear mm-hmm. love tendencies are probably <laughs> showing through a bit there. But I also kind of, I like it because it sounds a lot like um, uh, Resident Evil Three. So for example, has the big enemy. Well, both and two have like enemies that will chase you consistently. So Mister X and Nemesis, and those kind of mechanics have always worked well in those games. Like to present this ever-present threat that you're never truly safe like even when you think you're relaxing on something there's there's a slight chance you go around the corner and there's just mr x sitting there or nemesis just jumps in from above or comes through a wall so those kind of games are really good at kind of generating that kind of fear and the fact that the ai in that one where they actually went out of their way to make it so it's not scripted because i know nemesis is a bit more scripted for example probably really does help with that terror because imagine even when you play testing even they wouldn't know exactly what the alien was going to do so yeah 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 sounds it does sound good. And I've heard a lot of praise for its audio design as well. So. Yeah, no, it, it is. Because normally if I'm playing a scary, well, whenever I ha- I've been forced to play a scary game, <laughs> all the light, all the lights are on and I've got the TV turned up. So like, my curtains are open, blinds are open and everything. But with this game, literally, I wanted to be properly immersed with the audio with like headphones on and everything. And I might have screamed a couple of times, but it means I was sort of really inter- like, into the game, which I think is a really good thing. And it's it's one of those games as well. Like, do you know when... Like there's first times in certain games, like say in Bioshock when you first see Rapture when it all opens up in front of you, or I'm trying to think of another game like which is really praised for like it's when you first see something in that game, but like when you first see the alien in this, it's a it's a defining moment I think in a lot of games because you don't really know what it's going to do. It just drops down. That's the only time it's obviously scripted to drop down at that point, um, and then from then on, that's when the game kind of becomes the horror part of it. So before before you got to that point, I didn't know that the alien was scripted to arrive at a certain point of the game, like when you get a certain, I think it's only like an hour in or something. So the first hour, I was going really slowly around everywhere. And if I heard a noise, I was like, right, back back to the start, going to hide there, not realizing that the alien doesn't come into the game until an hour into the story. So yeah, that was that was also fun. 
and interesting. It's also it also came on the Switch last year. I don't know how it reviewed on the Switch, but probably not very well. But I've yeah, got. I imagine it reviewed exactly the same, but yeah, less. I was like, I, I was waiting for you to explain why you didn't think it reviewed well, and then you just went out. I just don't feel like it. I don't know. I just no. I I just don't feel no. I just don't feel like it would translate to a Switch very well, especially like for handheld mode. Do you want the fun yeah. thing, Squiggy? It's got a higher Metacritic it's than reviewed the highest on the Switch. Yeah, I just saw that, and I'm like, <laughs> that's that's in, that's really interesting because I don't think it's a game that would translate to a handheld very well. Like, More I know likely, there's less reviews in, of it. Is yeah. the likely answer? Like, obviously, with the Switch, you can plug it in for your screen and everything, but I just feel that. If you're playing it in handheld mode, you would probably lose a little bit of it because you might not have the volume up very loud and so on and so on. But I'd also be really interested to know when hey, I was playing the, the game. <laughs> Imagine that, <laughs> playing on the bus and the alien just appears in front of you and you start screaming. Oh, God. Oh, now I'm scared of that ever happening. I mean, I don't get the bus, so I'll be okay. But, but yeah, just, just one last like little thing. I'd be really interested in wearing like a heart rate monitor during the game to see... like how my heart rate spikes and how stressed I am about the alien because I got very stressed about that alien. Because even even when you try and save the game, you're not fully safe. You're like in a lot of games where you obviously got auto-save, but some games you can manually save and either by like if you pause it, obviously you're safe. But in this game you've got to you've got to find like a it's like a clocking in and clocking out machine. And that's how you save your game. So So it's like Resident Evil's typewriters. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, so you're never really safe. When you're trying to get to them, you could die on the way to saving the game, so you can go, like, go out somewhere. But then you could die and have to get to the start again to get to the save point. So I'm I'm never sure. I feel like games that don't let you pause, because in the nicest way, if someone rings the doorbell, the fact that oh no pause no your you game... can you can pause the game, but you can't save okay. from the pause menu. You've got to oh, navigate okay. through. A... Oh fuck! No, I thought you meant there was yeah. no pause, and I'm like, no, oh, no, never... sorry, yeah. no, okay. you can pause it, yeah, because I paused it a few times to like collect myself. But no, it's it's one of the, it's a really fun game. Um, I don't think it it reviewed well, but I don't think it probably got the praise it deserved because of when it came out. So if you look at some of the games that came out in 2014 alongside it, you had the first Middle Earth game, you had Mario Kart on the Wii, you had Super Smash Brothers on the Wii, Wii on the Wii U, sorry. So you had uh, a lot of sort Destiny. of big hitters. Destiny, yeah. So there's a lot of big hitters coming out around about then, which probably means it got forgotten a little bit. But no, it's definitely, if you can get it for cheap on Steam, I know it's always in the sale. I really recommend it. That's pretty much all I've got. Um, there's not really much to add if you still haven't played it, so... I mean... <laughs> one one day, maybe. One day. Yeah, I feel like in, it's because you've all built up the audio of it there, and you built up... I remember at the time you kept going on about how great the audio um, when you played it, and now I'm thinking with the new PS5 headset, you know, the 3D audio, the... Fancy headset. I feel like I could make myself poop myself with this game based on what you said. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah. Which isn't something I want to do for the record. It's just in terms of, I just generally feel I'd be terrified with it. I think I could make it more terrifying on the PS5. Um, yeah. But worth and it. if we get a thousand views, then we will, will live stream. <laughs> yes. If know. we can get this to a thousand listens, this one episode, Laura will live stream herself playing it on the PS5. I feel like. Why? Hmm. Deal. Um, deal. I mean, Perfect. I, I, I'll say deal, but I'm generally terrified at the thought. Perfect. Right. So, moving away from Revisitation Station to the good, the bad, and the weird, and that is Slazo's turn. Take us away, Slazo. Yes. Good, bad, or weird. Here we go. So, uh, <laughs> I, you, you're right, kid. It was the way you said, "Here we go." I was like, "Wow, I'm gonna buckle up." I was thinking, Mario, here we go. 
There was just something about the phrase. <laughs> Carry on. I, I'm, I'm buckled up. I'm ready for this adventure. Heck yeah. So uh, we're we're not we're not going to do a peripheral. We've done a we've done a few of those. We've done Wonderbook. We've done the Wii. We've done Buzz. So I was like, well, let's let's look to something else that we can cover. Let's look to gaming beyond the games, as it were, for this time around. Looking towards an interesting concept that's been tried a bunch of times over the years, which is gaming on the TV, the good old sky or terrestrial and such. There's there's been a bunch of shows over the years, so uh, most people well, in the UK will likely be familiar with, I believe it was Games Master, with ah, oh, I've forgotten his stupid name. <laughs> That's pretty good. Ah, the... Oh, the the professor guy. This is not Wikipedia. I thought this would be loud and center for me. I'm on yes. Wikipedia trying to find it as well, and I don't know oh who you're on god. about. The the famous professor. Oh my god, he was the floating head. This has not gone well. Uh... <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Patrick Moore. Yeah. So Patrick Moore. There we are. Yes. So yeah, you had Sir Patrick oh, yeah. Moore as the floating head, aka the games master, and a show which would kind of showcase some of the latest games and have competitions where two people in the studio would battle it out for ultimate gaming supremacy. And that was kind of like the starting point for like games on TV. There's been a bunch of different shows over the years. I know Squiggy's got one he'll highlight in a minute. There was another one I remembered from my childhood called Land Jam, which was a CITV program which had uh, essentially computer digitally animated 2D mascots, as it were. Yeah, who, who needs VTubers? Before then, we had, we had good old... I think one of them was Milo on Landjam. And again, that was another kind of show where the, you had lots of kids playing games on it, hosts giving tips, talk, reviewing games, showing trailers. And again, more of the competition aspect of four people finding it out, again, for supremacy and the grand prize. And as time would go on, that would you'd have other shows like that. And then we even have had a couple of dedicated gaming television channels. Uh, XLeague.tv is, I believe, the first one, which premiered back in 2007, when had a wide programming slate from, obviously, again, big gaming competition-style things, as that was around the time when the PS3 was launching. So they had content like Motorstorm was on there. Uh, this was also when Gears of War had launched and was starting to become a big deal. So... Uh, Laura's beloved Gears of War was another game that was featured on there. And a whole Ooh. bunch of different shows, again, going into some focusing on reviews, some offering tips to help you become an elite, hardcore pro gamer, and showing various content and coverage of all that. Of course, like a lot of uh, Sky TV niche Sky TV channels, it uh, went the way of the dodo after being merged into several other endeavors. So that kind of got shuttled off in 2009. And as far as I was aware, that was pretty much it for video game TV channels. But no... As it turns out, as I've learned today, they're still going strong. There is currently available right now on your sky, as has been for the past 10 years, is Jinx TV, which is an esports television channel that's been going, as I said, for the better part of a decade with a whole variety of stuff. Kind of, uh, if you look at the programming slate, they have very similar to Kind of Funny in some ways, that they have a lot of like daily news shows. They have some action. action. They have a bunch of esports-focused content showing uh, people battling it out in a variety variety of games. Uh, let me have a look. I actually loaded up their page so I can look at stuff. They have like another series called The First Hour, where they uh, play the first hour of a video game and kind of cover that. And that's been going for eight seasons, I believe. So yeah, there is there's all been a bunch of gaming TV shows over the weird over the weird over the years and gaming channels still going strong. 
However, if you play video games these days, I think it's fair to say not a lot of us, especially in this era of streaming, actually really use uh, classic TV, as it were. In the era where everything can be streamed, either like Netflix, Amazon or Disney, or maybe you follow Let's Players on YouTube or even VTubers on YouTube, that craze obviously blowing up in the last year or two. There's Twitch streaming, which has been going strong for five to ten years at this point, where you no doubt maybe that's kind of your television style content where you sit down to watch your favorite personality or to play a bunch of games. Or even other websites which kind of follow this template, kind of funny. Network is obviously one. Uh, Rooster Teeth Network's another one. Uh, if you want to go back in time a bit more, game trailers sort of did the same kind of network style. RIP. Yeah, good old game trailers. I miss them. <laughs> So the, the point is more, so in an era where kind of, and Laura's, I know Laura's an ex, very much an exception to this, but in an era where a lot of people have drifted away from traditional television. Wait, I don't good, know. <laughs> I was under the impression you watched a lot of traditional TV, don't you? Know? Yeah, but not video game stuff. No, no, I'm not saying you watch video game stuff on that. I'm just saying you're like, it's getting rarer to have like watch traditional TV in our demographic. I mean, I do. I don't tend to watch things live. I tend to record everything on Sky and the, watch it on the... the uh, I'm can't, the, I the point is, that's what you have. Like, heck, I don't have a TV license because I just don't need one or would use oh, one. I was literally ready to link the TV license ad. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so the point is, like, in an era where certainly our generation, as it were, and <laughs> Being, I'm not sorry. wrong... It's not that. It's the fact that you, of all people, Mr. Check, is like made me out to be some sort of dinosaur with my TV. I'll carry on. Just carry on. That joke is about 10 years old for the record. Anyway, <laughs> so, yeah. So in an era where uh, people have very much kind of moved away from traditional media, as it were, and moved on to this era of streaming and online uh, consumption of digital programming, is it good, bad, or weird to, that uh, game shows on TV back then when gamers wouldn't really so much sit down and uh, watch the TV shows play a game? Or now, where there's a whole channel to it, but uh, who, why would you watch that when you can just go on Twitch to watch the latest esports action? And what gaming TV shows have you two enjoyed over the years, if any? Can Squeeze, you want to go first, or can I? You can go first, Laura. You go. Right. I don't want to go into TV. It's more the fact I was going to say, I enjoy the... I didn't really watch... I don't think I've really watched many video game programs on TV. But for some reason, I'm starting to think of the Gadget Show and they only mention video games every so often as something that I paid attention to for a bit. But I was... I kind of enjoyed... Like, I've watched eSports stuff on Twitch. I mean, it might have been because of lockdown... But I did watch the Premier League Invitational on FIFA, which Squiggy probably knows about more than you do, Sazo, I'm going to assume. I know about it, but I've never watched it. Yeah, I enjoyed it with, like, it was basically Premier League footballers representing their teams playing FIFA against each other. And, I mean, watching some of them have tantrums, watching some of them have lag. It's like, dude, you're on 120k a week. Get on the phone to Sky, dude. Um, Sorry, that was more of a personal... I mean, or other broadband providers are available. But, um... I feel if that was on TV on a decent time and there was nothing else on, I wouldn't mind it being on TV. I know they did put a FIFA tournament on TV and I'd, it started to trend in the UK when it was on. It was like a 10 a.m. on a Saturday. I think they were testing and trial or run. It was when um, the football was off lockdown. So there was no, they were struggling for content. But they put a FIFA tournament on and it was trending and there was interest. And I just found that interesting and not jarring at all. And I, I don't know. 
I feel if it's done right, it could always end up going back to normal to video game shows. I don't think... I think Twitch makes it easy and accessible and I have watched more, but Twitch is sort of a gateway, potentially, for me to then go watch it on the telly. Yeah. That's, that's, that's fair. I mean, there was... I can't remember which tournament it was. It might have been Cincinnati Masters. I might be pulling that one out of my head, but I know there was a tennis tournament that went, well, if, if we're locked down, we'll just do it digitally this year. Mm. That was a that was an interesting gimmick. F1 did races with, um, they did a virtual yeah. stuff where they were racing each other, and that was put on Sky F1 and stuff. And, yeah, that was um, that was um, that wasn't Lando. just F1 races as well because I know um, some England cricketers did it mm. and everything like that as well. Yeah, yeah so there was certainly that, a lot of exploration when the lockdown first hit of how can we replicate this content? Stuff. Yeah, and yeah, which is cool, and I think it was uh, nice, but that also led me to believe that. There is an audience there because, I, like I said, I did see it trend in the UK. I did see people watching it and talking it. And the fact that other sports did it, you know what I mean? Normally, if one sport does it, if that they're only going to copy you if it's a success. Sure. So no, fact, I yeah. agree. I agree there. So, but the fact is they did that for, what, like a week or like a one-off I mean, a month, thing? I and mean, then The football. FIFA did it. I mean, there was three Premier League FIFA tournaments. One of them made it. I think one FIFA tournament made it TV and then the rest got put on. Latter two were on Twitch, but then that's because I don't know scheduling wise, maybe quality wise as well. Because like I said, I feel like if it was properly set up, they might be more inclined because they were getting some big numbers on their Twitch. I noticed. Um, Twi- Twitch stuff. is different. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm I'm just putting out there that there was a market. I've seen them get they. I, I'm talking even if ten percent of that audience watch it, it would be one of the most popular things if done on air at daytime. I yeah. may look at viewing figures. Don't I don't want to talk about this. It sounds a bit creepy that I'm interviewing figures, but um, um, I was what was I say? But it was more the fact that I, yeah, some of it when it was on Twitch because of the internet connections being laggy and stuff. I feel like they probably would have been like, oh, that would look terrible if it was put on the telly at this in this state. So it was like that's why that tournament wasn't. I don't know. I feel like if it gets back to it and they get all to be in the studio without the crew, don't want to say the c word without any restrictions, that I could see it maybe exploding on TV in a year or two. Especially the sport-wise. I, I wouldn't say they've stopped it to never do it again. I just feel like it's been a nice test. They saw that there was interest in numbers and it might be something that works its way back in. I, I don't. I see it as they did it once. And well, we will see, again. So we? it's been shit-canned. <laughs> we will <laughs> see. Bluntly. I will see. If you it was doing that well, it would be back on. We'll see. We'll see. Could have just email Sky Sports. Be right back. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, for me, I used to watch a show called Gamesville, which was on Sky One, and it was run for about, well, it was 192 episodes, so it was on for quite a while. Um, And to be honest, it was rubbish, but it was like the novelty of seeing a gaming show on TV, if you know what I mean. So, for me, there definitely is a sense of, we've made it, lads, we're on the telly! Yeah, because probably like, (laughs) even back then, this was 2003 to 2004. All right, it's before Land Jam, bloody hell. (laughs) If you played games, you were probably... Uh, you probably weren't a popular kid, put it that way, if you know what I mean. Like, I don't yeah, think this was before, heart. yeah, this was before gaming before became, became mainstream, yeah. yeah. And so, like, having a TV show, it's like, oh, we're, you're we're nuts. There's people like, there's other people who actually play these games because that was before, <laughs> like, the like, internet was properly, probably used for online gaming and stuff like that, yes. Um, so the show used to have three segments, which was the face off where they would get two members of the public, like maybe friends. And in the second season, it was celebrities. And they would have a best of three match series, like in a certain game. And then the winner would face one of the hosts of the show. So you would get four four people, like four games there. 
there was also a guru who was just an awful human being. And he gave out like cheats and tips when people wrote in to ask for them. <laughs> and then the last part was reviews. And there was basically a member of the audience would be playing a game. And then at the end, they would be interviewed and discuss the good and bad parts of it and give it a rating. So it was, it was pretty by the, like, by the numbers show. But I don't know, you know why, but you saying celebrity is reminding me of one I've actually been watching a bit of recently, which was uh, Dara Breen's Go 8 bit is another one. So he's essentially, it's a one where it's Dara, three other hosts who I admittedly don't know, but assume are gaming personalities, and then two celebrities. And then they oh, also yeah. go like head to head over five different games and all that. Obviously, because you've got Dara like at the front, and they're usually like one of the guests is usually a comedian of some sort. There's a lot of kind of more funny banter to it and back and forth like that. So as I say, it's it's enjoyable. It's still a bit weird because you're watching people who I'm, I don't want to say are bad at video games because that's the wrong <laughs> impression. But like there's there's often a sense when you're watching people play video games, especially in that environment, you're often like, uh, can they be less terrible? It's this? kind of like. <laughs> Oh, I can't believe I'm compared, but if they put it on the WWE Network, is it technically on a sort of TV channel? Probably not. I don't know if we count that. But, um, like, up, up, I mean, down, down. it was down. on Dave. No, but I mean, like, the equivalent is, like, up, up, down, down. Like, I'm not saying wrestling or celebrities, but you watch someone, and sometimes right. it's funnier watching their banter and they're being interviewed while they're doing it, but you have some people that are terrible and clearly haven't picked up a controller since they were, like, six. Yeah. Versus someone who clearly needs to stop playing Madden while they drive. <laughs> that is not a dig at a certain wrestler but it kind of is <laughs> but um that sort of vibe it's like um the nice mix of celebrities and norms with pro gamers i feel that's maybe the thing that is mixing it because sometimes when you see a pro gamer i don't know i don't know i like i said i enjoyed the FIFA tournaments which was with premier league footballers and you get to know them while they're playing but then the pro gaming i have seen i've also enjoyed because i watched um evo that time Evo is the big fighting one, yeah. And I'm actually was surprised how entertaining it was, but I generally wouldn't say pro gaming. Pro gaming is not something I normally. I only watch people who are bad rather than who are really good. See, um, I love um Call of Duty League. I love watching that. I literally, I normally watch every well before before COVID. They were having obviously in person tournaments. Mm -hmm. I used to watch them. They used to be every. I think it was every every six weeks maybe in a different location and i used to watch all of them then watch the grand finals and everything and i've watched it for about four or five years and i just i don't know why i like it but i really do it's just it's really fun to watch and like the hype from the crowd and everything and all the players getting a little bit hyped and stuff like that it's just it's just hype but i think it's a lot different to what the tv shows were like back in the day yeah there's um, always like a different style of presentation where on like a twitch of esports tournament thing they don't really need to be like yeah we're trying to make it appeal to the masses or anything like that it's more you're watching this it's reasonable to assume you play games like maybe you don't and you're here and that's cool whereas it always feels like well if it's on tv it's like well we've got to got to give it mass market appeal and everything and it becomes a bit awkward i always find a lot of gaming shows on tv are usually yeah kind of yeah. awkward in some way i found i found games feel like as good as it was as someone in 2003, yeah, it was awkward to watch and it was a bit, it was a bit strange to watch because you can kind of tell that some of the people that are just being forced to be there because yeah, they need to make it like appealable to the mass market and it really isn't because back then gaming was a niche and I think now with it being more mainstream, that's why you've got the evolution of like Twitch streaming, YouTube streaming, and all that. And as though gaming TV shows might have been a mix of good bad and weird what they've kind That's, of done yeah. 
like since then it's probably all been good because it's meant like people have got a platform to like kind of funny rooster teeth and people like that have kind of then got a platform oh well we can do this 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 and this and they've got viewers who watch it and you know there's some yeah. it's, some hard, kind it's of hard to things. imagine like games done quick being like on a real tv channel like all week it's games done quick Locked. yeah just like, like yeah. i couldn't imagine watching like greg miller and kind of funny on tv because they're not tv if you know what i mean it wouldn't appeal to probably barely anyone on tv they probably get a lot of offcom complaints for some <laughs> of the stuff they say but like on youtube it's anything or not anything goes but there's probably less yeah. of a well, that's a, a really interesting example because greg miller would probably be one of the guys you'd probably go to if you wanted that on tv considering he's i mean heck ea and a bunch of other companies use him yeah for their presentations there's so. like him probably jeff Keeley and a couple of those but yeah but greg miller's yes. one of those people he's just he's crazy he's hilarious he's, <laughs> he's such a nice person as well but yeah. Some, but when he's like, not he's, it's not a character, but when you see him getting really passionate about something, you're sort of like, that wouldn't rub well on some of the audience on TV anyway. That's, a, that's fair. I mean, heck, Laura, you've got to see Greg Miller and some WWE stuff. So. I find it weird. Um, <laughs> I, I will say, I guess it is, I'm, hmm. Greg Miller hosted the EA thing at E3, not this year, but the year before, didn't he? He did, he did yes. this year as well. Yeah, because I watched that with oh, someone yeah, who doesn't yeah. watch video game stuff, and they wondered who that weird guy was, which I think sums up probably the reaction you get on TV from some people. Yeah, but so, on YouTube, like they're massive. I know some they did a, also... a God of War um, review discussion with um, Corey Barlog, like the mm. lead, the lead on the game, and it got over a million views after like a couple of months. Yeah, or something like that. But then I guess it is a case of if an audience, like the YouTube audience, he's grown and the Twitch audience, he's grown and the podcasts, you know, them, they have what, do they have like five podcasts that he's on? Kind, kind of funny, funny at least. Yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah. They're, but I feel maybe when people start watching him on TV, they'll be like, mm, this isn't a thing. But then it's like if he's given time to grow and you get the audience and you would get the same sort of people tune in and it would expand and stuff like that. I just think it's what people get used to and sometimes something new can be jarring and it's just all about giving things chance. I do think TV is probably ruthless, which is why this stuff has had to grow on Twitch and YouTube first. Just because it's like there's a little audience they could steal or borrow, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Kind of like um, how a wrestling... <laughs> I'm just going to use wrestling as the easiest example. But you might go see a local indie show or whatever and be, that's good. But it's going to take it years to build up a fan base before a TV station gives it a chance. It's probably the same when it comes to video games because it's that niche market and they need it to be... Yeah, that's a, it is. that's a really good and, way of thinking about it, I feel. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, I think Greg Miller may look out of place when you think about it, when you do a video game thing straight away first, but then you'd be like, oh, they're branching out, they're doing this, they, you know, give it time to build, to add to the niche audience that would probably follow him over. But uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. That's how I think about it anyway. TV exec-wise. <laughs> yeah. No, I've got nothing else to add. So is it, do you want to add any anything else no, before we close I, up? I deal. No, I think we've, we've pretty much covered it. It's just there's always this weird kind of split between like a tv audience and the modern modern the uh, younger internet audience i, I yeah. guess another generational split between like you know i, but uh, I, think it's I hate to use these terms but like boomers and millennials compared yeah, but to like, I think gen z <laughs> if something's really good and i'm talking like tv events they still get these in and i'm i don't really i can't believe I say this because i don't watch this and i know you're going to assume i watch this and i don't but something like love island for example has a very like Twitter, like people's, it's always, like, you know what I mean? It's interactive TV. That's how they get around it. And they 
tailor it i just think sometimes you know tv has to be less rigid and maybe that's where it's gonna be able to evolve into doing more video game games and mixing that twitch audience and doing esports like it covers real sports and yeah, yeah. i yeah. don't think i don't think the divide has a brick wall if you know what i mean i think it's a wall made out of twigs and if someone knows how to knock it down then it will be fine yeah i think there's definitely potential for crossover through it all and everything yeah. but i think it just depends on broadcasters and they've probably been sort of bitten well not bitten but like they've probably been sort of hurt a few times with maybe some of the response to some of the gaming tv shows that they're like we're not going to bother There's, the internet's there for that now they yeah carry on there yeah um, rather than yeah. look at it going we need if we change it do it like this put a twist on it blah 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 take into that account that sort of thing but we'll we'll end it we'll end it there this was episode 16 of the lagging behind podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode it's been it's been an interesting one to talk about the Twitch and the TV gaming shows. It's been quite good. Um, you can follow us all on our social accounts. I'm at John J. Squires. Slazo is at... Slazo King. Slazo doesn't spell it out anymore. And Laura is at... L-A-U-O-L-A-U. That's Laura Law, baby! So you're going to get that wrong there. I know. I'm gonna be, I had to spell it out quite a lot because if I say Laura Law, they assume L-A-W, which I understand, but I'm not calling myself Lao Lao because I'm not a Chinese dish, but carry on. Okay. Um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that, Laura. You can also find us on Twitter at Behind Lagging, and we will see you in two weeks' time. Goodbye.